You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the <laughs> Are You Screening podcast. I am areyouscreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And uh, now that we're done with technical problems. Right. Uh, so this week, we are <laughs> jumping great. in, as we've said, for weeks and weeks. We really got to uh, jump in with getting uh, through everything yeah. in the whole year. And uh, the Critics' Choice nominations are due tomorrow. So, um, Dang. Yeah, so I've got to get my nominations in, and you, then the nominations come out <laughs> pretty amazing. quick, and I don't know absolutely right off the top of my head, like the minute by minute. It's either like something like Sunday night or Monday, whatever, but wow. it's pretty soon we will have uh, the nominations. So we have some movies that we're going to talk about, which will probably factor into one degree or another pretty heavily yeah. in there. And, you know, I got to say, like, this uh, this year sort of freaked me out. Yeah? Not that we necessarily need to babble about my own problems with coming up with nominations. <laughs> but uh, as I was putting together the nominations, um, which, you know, I'm fairly locked in at this point, right? I have yeah. to do it tomorrow. But I was thinking about, I think last year we were talking about nominations and voting and all this uh, kind of craziness. Yeah. And I, we, we were talking about something, right, where basically the idea of people nominating things kind of just because they want to nominate it, right? right. Even though, because, you know, the nominations for Critics' Choice and as far as I understand it, this works the same for like, you know, the Academy and everything. Like, you know, it's kind of like a ranked order and then a whole algorithm right. comes into play, right? <clears throat> So it's like you kind of uh, you nominate stuff like in in like a one two three four order whatever yeah right and so that gets weighted in the algorithm of what <laughs> order things are put in right yeah and and I I remember last year we were talking about uh, like if you nominate something like first right but then you don't oh. ultimately vote for it right right I remember <laughs> this right like. And and as I'm putting stuff together, I'm like, well, like, <laughs> I, you know, I might I might screw myself there this year, you know, not because I'm like trying to game the system, but because I, I've had to watch so many movies in such a short time, yeah. right? That by the time we get to when we vote, which is like the end of January right. or something, there could be a movie where I go, well. <laughs> All right, yeah. now I like that one better. Yeah. Or, you know, especially, you know, things like, you know, you just, it's hard to actually really think about all the things for all the movies, right? Like, I mean, best picture, right? right. Which, which movie did you really love the most or something? Yeah. You know, maybe, whatever. But, you know, like cinematography, production yeah. design, right. you know, things, I mean, editing, yeah. things like that. You know, give me another month to think about these movies and <laughs> right. look at them and what the options are. I might right. go, well, you know what? Yeah. It yeah. turns out that <laughs> yeah, that maybe I 
feel like that is the better production design and right. I'll go for it. But I'm like trying to order my <laughs> <laughs> my nominations and I'm like, wow. <laughs> this is particularly fun for me because I've known you a long time and it, this comes up every season that we do this, but I just, I know what you think of lists. Right. So when you are compelled, forced, or directed to list it up, and I know how much you despise that, it's just funny to me because yeah. I'm like, is he gonna, is he gonna hanker down and just like, all right, screw you, here's my list, or is he like, well, screw you, here's my list, <laughs> right. like that kind of thing. So, right. Um, so, uh, with all that in mind, uh, so what we're gonna cover today are uh, the Banshees of Inisherin, yeah, Bones and all. The Fablemans, which obviously is going to factor heavily into a lot of people's, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> voting and and everything like that. And uh, she said, so hopefully we will actually get through um, at least a couple a, of those, a, a few <laughs> of those. Uh, we we have to try and do things fast. Yeah, that's easier. Said uh, than we done. have way more movies to keep keep going with. And uh, so speaking of uh, with the getting to things and the not getting to things. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're all already out. So, <laughs> yeah. That's... So it's like these ones we have to get. It's also funny because, uh, you know, the timing is weird with nominating things. Yeah. Uh, because I've seen so many things that I can't talk about yet. That, oh, yeah, right. That Still it's embargoed. Like bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. That's always fun. And there's a lot of movies this year. And this happens every year, but there are a lot of movies this year that they don't actually come out until like January, yeah, right? Uh, at least January, right? And yet, the wire. you know, whatever they played their sure three screens, yeah, whatever <laughs> two nights, and you know, so that they count. But it, there's going to be, especially in the upcoming weeks, we're going to be talking about all these movies, and people are going to go and yeah, like, when right. do I see it? No, right. you can't see it yeah. until February, or right? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, the one that stands out for me too, right off the top of my head, is uh, Tom Hanks' A Man Called Otto, because I think oh, that yeah. comes out like the very end of January. It's like yeah, it, unless it, they moved it, it. It's like something the twenty sixth or twenty seventh or whatever the day yeah. is exactly. That just seems weird. So you got Tom Hanks. Why would you not get that movie out before the year's Middle over, of right? January now. Oh, is it? Yeah, I and it I think they've moved that cuz I thought it was later than that. Yeah. Uh well, I mean, I guess there's that. But anyway, um I just expect a Tom Hanks movie. That's like The Fableman's not coming out until yeah. January. That's, that's got to be That's crazy. That's got to be Christmas. Why would you do that? It's right. Tom Hanks yeah. and it's uh anyway. Yeah. Um, it's Tom Hanks remaking a foreign movie, so right. maybe it's not as high on the list because who knows? I don't know. Uh, anyway, so I think what we're going to do, just because <laughs> I am crazy and want to get this out of the way, I think oh. we're going to do The Fablemans first. Uh, and That tells me a lot. Here is my shocking twist. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it. Because... Um, <laughs> Mainly because we did not watch this movie together. No. Right? Yeah, we didn't. Uh, and I am just desperate to demand that you tell me what rating you give it first. Oh, because this is this is because <laughs> you hated it and you hate everything about it, this. It's because uh, you know, I have nothing to go on because we didn't watch it right. together. And not that we always have a lot to go on. Yeah. But 
even when we have very little to go on, you know, sometimes it's like you've said about me before, right? Like at, at one, I heard you breathing at one yeah. point and I knew that <laughs> I you, knew hated you hated the movie it. or, you know, Just, whatever. Well, we've seen so many things together at this point. I mean, you know, I, I'll, I'll go first, but I, I'll preface the way we do sometimes that this was a weird film for me. It's, it's a, it's something that I, it's something that I look at and I respect why it was made, why he thought he had to make it, and why why I think it got greenlit because again, he's Steven Spielberg. And I can respect it. And, and he wants to, you know, and this is a story he's always been alluding to or talking about in interviews. I, I can't tell you how many times maybe that maybe it's not quite as numerous as hearing Harrison Ford or Mark Hamill or Carrie Fisher or anybody in Star Wars always saying, George, you can write this stuff, but you can't say it, you know, in terms of his dialogue. There are all these famous stories about the production. I've heard Steven Spielberg talk about watching The Greatest Show on Earth a million times and then going home and throwing tanks, uh, trains at each other and filming it. Like, I've heard that a ton. It stands to reason eventually he was going to film doing that because it was so what i guess i'm trying to say is i can respect a movie sometimes very much especially if it's somebody that i respect anyway but not revere it and this is kind of one of them i gave this a six and a half and i think that i was very generous in some of it because though it is though i found it to be a really beautiful looking film some of the shots in there are just absolutely spielbergian right i mean i'm going to make that guy's name be the adjective for it but i don't expect anything less than that yet the story itself feels in some way like it shouldn't have ever been a movie and the problem here is spielberg is a renowned and world famous filmmaker so to suggest that he wrote you know a huge long piece for vanity fair for example that was like a 10 page thing about why i am who i am and how i got here Isn't that kind of like saying that, you know, John Cougar Mellencamp should probably just like, I don't know, film a TV show instead of writing an album about his, like you're taking someone out of their wheelhouse and their skill set and asking them to do something different because maybe it just doesn't hit right. The trick here is as Oscar bait, this thing's got so many things going on. And one of the things that I found myself thinking as a cliche is at its not at its worst, but <clears throat> colloquially, at, at its worst, what it's doing is it's imitating a Steven Spielberg film. And the weird thing is that if Steven Spielberg is imitating a Steven Spielberg film, he gets into a place that he doesn't often get in his movies, which is just swamped in cliche and these overused devices. Like, I'll be damned if every. I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes, somebody is looking at Sam, who is Steven, you know, so that's the character, and imparting some world advice on him, and and over and over and over again, and I'm like, life doesn't really go that way. So what this is, is it's the high notes of what Steven Spielberg thought among all the high notes, and I'm sure there's 700 of them that got him to where he was before he even made Jaws. But he remembers certain big life events. And then him and Tony Kushner, who's a longtime screenwriter with him, they were like, all right, let's sit in those for 35 minutes. Right. And that doesn't always work. When it did, I had a lot of fun with the movie. But overall, it was so 
strange to basically have someone describe their dream to me. And I'm like, I right, get it. It's very right. powerful to you. You felt it. And it seemed exhilarating. It's not, it's not translating very well. Right. And that's kind of where I ended. Yeah. So I think it, here's the weird thing sometimes about us. Right. And I don't like Steven Spielberg as much as you do. Anyway, right. we were talking about this before right. and, you know, he is, uh, for me, he's a guy who made a few good movies early on. And then, you know, at some point, <laughs> you, at some point, you, you know, you're sort of like M night, right. And, and <laughs> yeah, just like a different me. level right. uh, than, uh, than he is. Right. But you know, you did something good early and now people can't stop giving you money no matter what you make. Right. right? And I'm like, well, ee, like, is this that good? Is that that good? I, I don't know. Like, I remember like the War Horse movie, right? And yeah. Like, oh, everything that happened in that movie was like, what am I watching? Right. right? Even right. though you still got a bunch of critics to go, wow, this is sure. amazing Tim, or Tim, whatever. Amistad, right? War Horse, yeah. But uh, so uh, what's interesting, like I, I was saying, what's interesting about us is uh, I I pretty much would say most of the same things that you just said, right? Yeah, I oh, give it a three. And you're I coming think lower. It's, right? I think it's lucky to get it. Right. I hated this movie. Yeah. I hated everything about this movie, <laughs> and it was uh, I think only because there was some stuff in it that you couldn't help but go, all right. I mean, that's good, right? Right, and right. then that's how it got a three. Yeah, but the movie itself. Everything is so weirdly told, yeah. That it's almost, uh, it literally is almost like an anti movie. It's like not a movie right. in a very weird way. Yeah. Every uh, the one thing that I will say is I think every actor in this movie is doing an amazing job always yeah not because they are doing anything good mm -hmm. but because they are doing exactly what they're being told to yeah. do and yeah. as much as you go why in the god's name would you have anyone do that in your movie <laughs> right they're doing what they're supposed to do though it's yeah. not their fault right i think <laughs> michelle williams is going to get like a ton of attention yeah and she's probably going to get nominated yeah right and i think think that she deserves it mm -hmm. but i think she deserves it in a really twisted way right <laughs> right because i think that she's you know in one sense i think she's awful in this yeah she's like hard to watch it's horrible it's like what is happening here yeah but in another sense man she's she doing is it. acting exactly doing the way it. she's being told <laughs> yeah. to act right and doing exactly what this movie wants her to do mm -hmm. It's just that what this movie wants her to do is horrible. There are scenes in this movie with her especially, um, you know, and the kid to a certain extent. He's really good. He's really I, good. I thought he was uh, amazing. Yeah. I just didn't want him to do what he was doing. Right. And, and you've got like, uh, you know, the bully. Right. right. I was getting to. Yeah. The bully was great. Yeah. But what the hell movie am I watching <laughs> right. that has this? this guy in it yeah and and there's so much of it especially when you get to you know like the the kind of like the final scene with the bully right yeah. after he shows the movie to the school and all that right that was like you couldn't get that scene on like the disney channel right that is like the worst written scene it is by awful. someone who has never known any people right of right. any age yep I'm like, what 
in God's name am I watching? The dialogue is all stupid. Yeah. None of this could ever happen. This is like if, if the movie was some weird psychological experiment right. to like suck your memories out yeah. of your head. <laughs> yeah. And then find out how that doesn't translate right. or something because your memories actually are are not of humans. Right. <laughs> or I, something. I can't I can't agree with you more about that specific scene, even though I like Sam in it very much. I love I love I what do he's doing. Too. But I, 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 I swear like, I like everyone. It in seems it. like from start to finish, the entire thing was like one of these AI scripts where you right, just right. take human interaction and you're like movies for like the last 50 years. And you're like, Oh, the bully has a change of heart, but he's got a conscience and he feels torn because he was a, he was a bastard to you, but he wants to know why you still befriended him. Right now. Here's the dialogue for it. And I'm like, that's refrigerator poetry. No one would write that. Right. And no one would imagine that scene would work that way, except maybe the bullied kid who's fantasizing about how it would play out on the bus ride home. Right, exactly. But in real life, right. never the, would that the happen. Whole, the ever. whole movie, right? The, yeah, that's I a agree great, That's a very good example because the whole movie is written like a person who didn't actually write the things that really happened to them. Right. But wrote exactly like what you're saying, like what they thought of saying. One later, day, one day, this right? will come, and he'll say this to me, and I'll be vindicated. Right. I, I mean, yeah. And I, it's I weird because there's an argument there, and I'm not going to give away the ending necessarily. But there's weird when that moment starts. I started actually thinking like, this isn't even even remotely a true document anymore. Entirely based on the last frame of the film which breaks the fourth wall purposefully. Right. And you're like, well, when did you start doing that? When did the elasticity of what I'm supposed to believe was a true event become, this is how my memory has made this right. a, an event. And it's not true or not. It's just true to my memory. And I'm just like, hmm, I get it. But, I know why you did that. But when you're sitting through this movie, through throughout the whole thing, and you know, I'll tell you, really early on in the movie... I almost thought it was kind of gonna get me because uh, Paul Dano is—he's so good, is so so reservedly good. good, yeah. And I'm like, oh well, maybe this is gonna be interesting, but it you know quickly just threw right. everything out of the water because everything that you're watching in <coughs> this is like a movie uh, where we're trying to translate the sensibilities mm -hmm. of of the furthest reaches of goofball yeah. sitcoms yeah. and how life is portrayed as existing. Right. I mean, like family matters. Yeah. Or, right. You know, yeah. or petticoat junction. Any, or, right. Pick <laughs> like any of them. Gilligan's Island all of them. or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yep. It's all <laughs> like you are not supposed to watch those things yeah. and think this has anything to do with life or right. people or whatever. And, right. and that's exactly what and I was yet. getting watching this. Yeah. People are talking to each other in this movie all the time. Yeah. And like I said, this is written by someone who has never known any people. <laughs> right. Like it's so, <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. And like, honestly, weirdly telling, right? Yeah. Like if there is any reality in the story coming through this movie, 
the reality is all the times that he was alone. Right. And he has completely made up all of the times that he had any interactions with people yeah. at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And what it, what it does and what it did for me, it was make, make the film seem both less interesting and less motivated because if this wasn't about the boy who became Steven Spielberg, I wouldn't have given it anything remotely close to this. There's a certain sentimentality that I attach to it because of that. And by proxy saying some of the most interesting stuff in the film for me, man, wasn't like the interparental dichotomy of problems in a marriage that maybe shouldn't have even started on this path, but they got great kids and they love them. So they're there for me. The strength of the film was sometimes just watching this little kid become the you know, and you take this with quotations or not, the genius filmmaker that Spielberg became, him solving certain things like making the Boy Scouts gunfight interesting or the war film where he digs a small plot of dirt and levies a, a stick against it. So when you run over it, it looks like a explosion. Like right. that stuff, I ought to watch two hours of that all day because it also harkens back to loving movies as a kid and me and my friends using a clunky old VHS camera to try to, do things right that part of the film itself is magically fun it's it's strangely in love with itself in such a self self-referentially personal thing that i almost have i mean i i know this is silly to say because you don't have any trouble finding fault with it but i almost don't blame spielberg for doing the love affair with his love affair because I get that it was that impactful on him. Right. Watching all the scenes of him at the editing machine, and I'm like, I bet that changed his life. I bet it was a window into a world for him that was escapism and projection, all of these fantastic things. And man, look at how beautiful the scene is. But it's also so cliched and cookie-cuttered. It's very unspielbergian, even though you're the guy doing it. Like right. this is you telling your story and you're the master filmmaker that everyone loves for whatever reason. And it's just not working. Yeah. It's just kind of flat. Like you're too close and, to it. Yeah. You know, the thing for me with this movie ultimately is if it wasn't him, right, yeah. y- you couldn't make this movie, right? You right. couldn't anyway, you couldn't sell this. No one's screenwriting this, right? right? And why? Because at the end of it. Right. It isn't about anything. Right. It never was about anything. It has nothing to say to you except look at me. Right. Like here I am. This is what I did. This is me. Like you know, if you were making a documentary and filming like, you know, the the fake reenactment of a time or something like that, you know, somehow you would get it to be about something, right? There would be some point to making a documentary about this person. Right. Right. You would still you would still you know, whatever, whatever story you thought you were telling, <laughs> yeah. this one doesn't even pretend like it's trying to yeah. be about anything. It's right. not like the a coming of age movie right. of, you know, here's this and here's that and, oh, life yeah. and broader themes and all that, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's just like, you know, uh, weird ass cliched interactions yeah. between people. And I mean, if Brett Ratner made this film, I'd like, he's doing a great Spielberg imitation. You know what I mean? Like if <laughs> right. somebody else who wasn't Spielberg and, you know, gets popular films greenlit because of whatever, but yeah, I would have a hard time. Ima- and, and 
So even when I'm starting to lose some interest in the film, it does the damnedest thing. It peppers in something really great, whether that's a really funny scene or a really haunting looking scene. There's mo- And I know we're going to motor off this in a second, um, but there's like a weird moment where I thought it's going to get real dark, like when his mom gets the really phantom phone call and I'm like, whoa, right, right. we're going at this. Then Judd Hirsch appears and makes like the scariest 10 minute like chewing the scenery scene, but he's still good in it. Right. You know, that's his Oscar reel, but I'm like, man, don't let that guy near anybody ever again. The stuff with the let's pray girlfriend cracked me up. I was loving everything once it settled in. The hungry eyes that she had when she found out that Sam's a Jewish kid and how she's like, well, I'm corrupting that one. Like I just, I loved every minute of it until it was done and, and as it moved on, you know, so again, I guess the last quick thought I had was the only thing that comes to mind recently outside of maybe Lady Bird, right? Because that was sort of a self, that was Greta doing like her, a version of her, right, her right. of her past. I guess the last thing that we saw that was even close to this, and there's probably not that many, was Coron's Roma. And I think right. that had the same problem this did, which was it was too in love with its own memories, too in love with remembering those memories and it sat too long in things that must have been very formative to that person but again you're telling me about this dream where the floor turns into marshmallows and you can't escape the bush man <laughs> right. like i get that was frightening to you you're not doing anything but taking up my time right you know it just doesn't work and yeah. it's it's interesting that in a way you almost think like they should have just filmed that for themselves and done what Sam did, which is just show it to their friends and family. Right. Right. Exactly. Which, which makes it sound more negative than anything. Again, I'm, I'm on the flip side of the, the side that you're on, which was it bothered you more because I found the endearing stuff to be a little bit more endearing because I'm more endeared to Spielberg, but man, weird one. Yeah. Just a weird one. So, all right. Uh, and we got to really keep moving here anyway, but that is like the big giant title and we have to give it attention. Right. So, um, you know, the other one, I think we'll jump into Banshees, um, because that is actually getting a lot of awards interest. Right. Right. And uh, some of it I agree with, and some of it I don't it, in a very weird way because I, I'll i even talk about this because I want something to go a different way, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, but uh, so it's the, uh, it, the couple of old guys, and if you've seen the thing, it's really funny because the only thing the trailer wants to tell you is that uh, Brendan Gleeson's going to cut his fingers off. Right. Like, that's yeah. the whole trailer is... Yeah. Uh, you know he tell <laughs> he tells Farrell, um, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And stop if, coming by. If you talk to me right. every time you talk to me right. from now on, I'm gonna cut off a finger <laughs> right. and give it to you. Right. And then until you either get the clue or I'm out of fingers. Right. And that's like all the trailers. Yeah. And it's really. I find it even watching the movie. I find it even weirder that that's all that happens in the trailer. Right, but, right. Because there's so, a lot. There's a lot more going on. Yeah. So it is. Uh, we live on an island where I don't know. Like maybe a hundred people live on this island. I, don't know, <laughs> I think you're. I think you're estimating high on well, that. Well, so but, there, there was, there's one point in the movie where I mean, that was like forty. The, there's 80? one point in the movie where everyone is like in town. And they're okay. all milling no, that's around. True. And yeah, there were like a fair number of people. There's a fair number there, of people. Right? Yeah, that's true. So, uh, okay. so like maybe a hundred. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, 
whatever, give or take like sure. 20 right. or yeah. who knows. Anyway, <laughs> but it's this really small island off the coast of Ireland. And uh, it's these two guys. They can, you know, walk to the pub. There's not a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And uh, they actually, they live surprisingly far from each other. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. we got to the end. It's a hall. <laughs> and we, we got we got closer to the end of the movie. And then you see like the one guy's place is on fire. And right. I'm like, oh shit, it's way over there. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> um, but anyway, they, you know, there's like the pub. There's like a couple of guys in the pub. Right. There's, Always. You know, the pub you know. services like maybe 10 people right. to get there or whatever because yeah. of it's kind of spread out. It's just there's no people. Yeah. Right? And you're right. There are certain scenes where there it's a busy pub and there, oh, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people, right? I got to remember that too. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, and that's the story is uh, that really is the story of these guys are friends. They've been friends forever. forever. They live on an island. What are you going to do? Not be friends right. with the guy? It's that, not that big an island. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you're out of options. Right. And you got to go buy his house. And uh, yeah. Time. And so one day he says, uh, look, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Right. Like we're not, I'm, I just, I don't want you in my right. life, whatever. <laughs> and uh and as you might imagine he's like what are you talking about yeah like, like what what did i do or you right. know did i get drunk and say something or yeah whatever and he's like you didn't do anything leave me alone <laughs> and he and and then that's the whole thing like comes in he wants to work on his music yeah he like he's getting old he wants to write music and uh and colin farrell is boring and wastes his time right. and right. Uh, spends hours talking about absolute nonsense <laughs> right. and, you know, whatever. Anyway, and so in a nutshell, that's it. Uh, so the, like I said, this is getting like a lot of attention. Uh, and I guess we could just throw out our ratings. So yeah. I, I give it an eight. I right. expected to give it more. And it didn't quite manage to earn any more. But... Uh, but I I did like it and watching them was awesome and uh, yeah. and and I, I like the movie and I like the fact that it actually went somewhere and in the end it's not exactly where you thought it was going right and it's you know whatever anyway right. so I gave it an eight I I thought oh and I and I'm, in a very strange way you absolutely do get the movie that the trailer shows you well yeah I mean but. I, and not just even in a cliff note version but you you could watch that trailer later and be like, oh yeah, right. <laughs> it is It is more nuanced than that and there are more peripheral things going on. I kind of thought I was going to like this more too, uh, but I gave it an eight. And, and I thought, man, the journey of watching these two guys resolve the impasse of their friendship where one wants to end it and the other's like, no. Right. We're, we're still friends. <laughs> right. And, then, and, and, he, and he, he just can't get it through his head. He cannot get it through his head. To him, right? and, and again, the, the consensus is upon the populace of this island of Inner Sharon is that he's a good guy. Like he's right. just, he's not, I mean, the funny scenes come when he's trying to be compared to other people and he's, you know, he's like, I'm not the dimmest guy on the island, you know, and his sister's like, no. He's like, well, wait how far away am I from the dimmest guy in the island? She's like, look, you're a good guy. Right, like, and right. it's just like, you get the sense based on his interactions with people who aren't in the movie at all, you know, just walking around and everyone's gleefully. I mean, but again, you're on an island of like 80 people. You better be a good guy because right. somebody's going to need to come for you. But the the idea there that someone is like, you know, time is finite and I can't just sit around talking about your donkey anymore. Right. I want to do something that I'll be remembered for. 
and then ironically you know the or at least do something that's there or at least something right? that's right that something yeah. could be there and he compares him you know not himself but he compares his ideas to like mozart is still remembered and other right. other people are still remembered he wants to be useful and productive it's not that he even wants to be a star he's not a sycophant for that but just watching all of this like sort of circumnavigate around to the the threat which is if you don't leave me alone i'm taking my finger off right and he's like come on and i'm like ooh, you know and then hilarity ensues because now it's just the darkest of comedies it eventually brought me to a place that i both loved and didn't like much like i love the scene where (laughs) where where colin farrell just has had enough and he confronts him in the bar and he's like i'll see you tomorrow at two Right. And this is what's going to happen. And I'm like, I I mean, I didn't know this was going this way. And, but yeah, I guess, I guess you might go this way. Um, and then everything that happened kind of right after that, I'm like, well, now it's just a fable. Like no one would do these things. Right. Not that no one would try to get the reckoning that he's after at that point in the film, after he's lost things. But, you know, I mean, it makes for a great, piece of cinema but no one's going to act the way everybody acts and if anybody knows in the pub that this threat was just made they're probably going to be nearby no one's throwing any water from the ocean or the lake that's nearby on this burning structure like i just i didn't believe any of it even though it made for wonderful looking scene i i just kind of remember a strange feeling like three billboards outside of ebbing Mm, and i thought i thought i was gonna love that way more and i still liked it a lot i know you did too this reminded me of that in a weird way where i thought i was gonna come in and be like this is a 10 i can tell it's a 10 because it's just so wacky and wonderful and everybody in it is great we haven't even gotten to dominic yet i mean holy crap that guy is stealing every scene he's in he's so wonderful um and he's such a great addition to everything that's happening between both of the leads and all the other characters, but it just didn't hit it. It didn't right, get right. to the end. Right. Yeah. I, I basically uh, feel the same. Like it's just, there's, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, here's our gimmick. Yeah. Right. And so now we're going to like play out the gimmick and, uh, and the actor guy is like Keegan. Yeah. Is, Barry is Keegan. His last name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that uh, so I'll segue here. That yeah. like that's my whole thing is uh, with nominating the actors, right? Yeah. Um, I because of how it works, right? With whether or not they're actor or supporting actor or whatever, right? And ultimately, as far as the Oscars go, right? The movies decide. And oh right, they who, who they're putting up. That's how the Oscars go, right? Yeah. The movie says Colin Farrell is like supporting actor, right? Like for the Oscars, like that's it, right? Yeah, he can't get nominated for right. best actor right. because that's just how they roll. Right. I don't, I don't know what yeah. exactly uh, the story is there, but um, but so basically, what you have is. The possibility in this movie of having uh, Colin Farrell or Barry Keegan, yeah, or both, right, be nominated uh, for supporting actor, yeah, and I think that's wrong. I, yeah. I, you got to think if those are your only options, right? Uh, Farrell's going to get it, right? And I think 
that's wrong. That's I a think, mistake. I think Keegan should get it. Right. I think he should. Right. Uh, I think he should get the nomination. Uh, you know, quite honestly, I'm not sure he shouldn't win. Right. Right. Off the top of my head. Right. <laughs> but Man, he was uh, so good. But he is crazy good in it. Yeah. And he's supporting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, just because you say now the thing with the critics' choice is we don't do that. Right. We don't honor those things. Right. Although to a certain extent we we kind of are like, you know, maybe we'll lean that Play a way little. or yeah, whatever. Sure. But but we're not you're you not know, steadfast. It's we're not, not really obligated to yeah. do that. So you could you could do whatever you wanted, right? right? And I think if you're gonna nominate Colin Farrell in this movie, yeah. you have to nominate him for actor. And if right. you have to nominate both Brendan Gleason right. and Colin Farrell, then, then you do that's it. what you do. Right. right. But he's not supporting Right. <laughs> no. No, whatever. not at all. I, I don't know. Whatever the, whatever the exact uh, story of that is, I don't know. But anyway, um, there is something about the movie where it's got its gimmick. It's locked onto its gimmick. And I think it has a lot of actually uh, cool stuff to get to. Yeah. And I think it gets to it in a surprising way, including like, you know, basically where we are with his sister yeah. And him at the end. And it's almost a little like being a sci-fi movie, right? Where yeah. we're talking about how people relate to each other and how uh, how things work with people having any different kind of relationship by talking about something that's crazy and impossible. Yeah. Except in this way, just there's no lasers. There's right. Right. <laughs> there's no spaceships. There's yeah. just there's just a guy doing stuff that yeah. being in a situation that would never actually happen. So you can look at what happens to people and how do we relate that to how normal people yeah. you know relate to each other or whatever. Because it is like it's just the funniest thing. Because, you know, it all goes too far and it all sure. keeps going yeah. too far. Uh, and and I, I love the part at the end when, like, you know, I don't totally want to spoil anything either. But at the end, when Colin Farrell's like, all right, now it's right. on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, right. I love that Me part. Me too. Yeah. Right? Because, <laughs> Me too. Because it's like, look, things were serious. Yeah. And I didn't believe that things were serious. Yeah. And then even when things were serious, I didn't believe that they were right. serious because it just makes no sense right. for it to just be that serious, right? Yeah. And then you get to the end and he's like, well, now things are serious. Right. And now there's a reason that yeah. they're serious. Yeah. And now it's just all over, right? It's so cool how that came together and everything. And I even love the part with, uh, Keegan, yeah, when he's like, I don't know, wouldn't you just, yeah, right, wouldn't you just find out, it, right, wouldn't you just go for the one, right, then, right, yep, <laughs> just gotta know because, because like cool in that scene. moment, the thing that is in, so endearing isn't just his affectation and his, I mean, he's just a beaten dog that just can't stop coming over, right, right. but he says everything I'm thinking, like, well, you gotta. Try one because right. I need to know were you a man of your word or were you right. just talking? Because I need to know, and then I probably have to stop there. But you know, I'm like, 
which one are you going for? Your your index, your pinky? Right. Like what? I mean, what is happening here? Right. Because the alternative is that I would actually never talk to you again for the rest of my life. And right. I just would never know. Right. If, right. That, yeah. Right. <laughs> if, if you were that serious. It's so weird. It, it's, but also it's it's gorgeous and all yeah. the people in it are awesome. Man, that, that location. That, Everyone it, in it is so good. I'm watching it and I'm like, everybody needs a bicycle here. Right. Or something, a Segway, because there's a lot of walking through grand pastures and past huge places and everyone's affable except the crazy old woman who, I mean, <laughs> this is like, I mean, if this weren't McDonough's film, I would say this is a Coen Brothers property left right, and right. right. Like that crone who's foretelling death and is weirdly like right. just standing around when he's hiding behind walls and they have their interaction. I'm like, I cannot get enough of this. Right. And I'm surprised on some level because of the moment of looking back on it, how much fun I had. Right. But eight is and, still and it. Actually, yeah, and and I wish it was better. Um, it's also actually interesting if you've ever watched anything. <laughs> there are very few people in this movie. Unfor- unfortunately, right. it'd right. be cool to have some more, uh, even if they had you know tiny roles. Because if you've watched anything made in Ireland, yeah, right, then you will recognize. Right. people the, right. like the the guys who are in the bar like oh, yeah. they're on like every every irish thing you can do yeah. at least makes it here right. right that you've ever seen that's from ireland it's really cool um the uh you know the bartender guy like was in father ted yeah, and he right. and, and in all sorts of other things yeah. he's not just like no I yeah mean, he's like a, a big he's right. like a big guy in yeah. ireland but uh he just <laughs> he, he just always i was like oh my god it's that guy from right father ted i don't anyway. think that i don't think that it could have the legs of a northern exposure but if there was a show oh, on I streaming know, right? that was just called inner sheeran <laughs> right, and it was just, just about the pub and the daily things place, and all these yeah. people doing things and the constable walking around <laughs> and every once in a while there's a fairy and like come on like yeah. i'll watch that yeah you know that's almost like doc martin really you know yeah a, right where we're in this like small this thing. very very tiny yeah. community of yeah so anyway but right, I would so, I mean, check that out. Uh, yeah, that's Banshees. Um, it, it's you got to watch it. I think, and though. man, it's I so it's so cool. And it's a little bit long, and it doesn't feel like it, it. is it a bit really long, like and it didn't feel like right it. Along. I also think it, you got to be patient with the accents unless you have the ability to see it captioned. Um, you'll you'll pick it up maybe the first ten minutes. Some or of so. them, some of them are bad. Most of them are okay. Even right? even it's, even when it's I the didn't side people. It is the side yeah. people. Even when I didn't understand what was being said and rewound a scene just for a moment and put captions on, the captions were unintelligible. Right. Like it literally was the bartender <laughs> talking to pub pub people and it just said unintelligible. And I went, oh, I wasn't missing a thing. Right. You know. Okay. Let's go. So. Uh, yeah. Man, what a blast that was. Though. <clears throat> uh, okay. So theoretically, uh, if we can get through these other two movies and I feel like the way to go is to see how long she said will take. Uh, oh, yeah. And because okay. we, we just might not. Uh, so she said is... Um, God, what's her name? Zoe Kazan. Yep. And uh, uh, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. Carrie um, Mulligan. Andre Brower. Oh God, Patricia Clarkson. Right. Um, but they're the big. They're the. It's Zoe the Kazan two, and the two. And, the two uh, girls. Carrie Mulligan. But yep. yeah, there's all kinds of people. Yeah, there's huge people uh, in this. All kinds of people in it. Uh, every which way. Um, and basically, it's a story of uh, the two New York Times reporters, and then clearly all the people in their orbit. Right. You know, and uh, uh, um, basically, 
breaking the initial story of um, Harvey Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein yep. which you know just sent everything yeah. uh, insane. Right. Basically. This is this um, was literally the beginning of the Me Too movement. I mean, yeah. If you ago. if you were actually paying attention at the time, right, right? There basically was this article came out, and then like the next day, just like people uh, people just came out against him instantly. And it was a weird thing. And, you know, I wish they would have just maybe mentioned that a little bit more because they did. Right. Um, But I wish that they would have just mentioned a little bit more um, the idea that they didn't they didn't have to find 50 people or 20 people or right. whatever. They had to get like a couple. Yeah. And, and then it, you know, it would follow, right? right. Once, once we write the story. Yeah. Right. Publish the story. Hold on. It'll come. Then. Yeah. And, and like I said, they do talk about that, but, um, so as far as the movie goes and especially trying to be quick, so I feel like I have a tough time rating this movie in a very peculiar way, which is uh, I just don't need to see the movie of everything that happens in the news. Right. Like this is just, right. this is not my genre. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I don't know, uh, make the documentary of it, yeah. you know, fine or whatever. But do I need to see like the, what you know, whatever the adaptation into a movie right. the of thematic, all these people, the thematic hits do, and drops, do I, and yeah. do I do I need and do I get anything mm-hmm. really from you know watching them go home and right. what's their home life like and yeah. uh, oh well I don't know I have problems I'm yeah. pregnant I'm human I'm too not pregnant right. I have kids I have whatever <laughs> right. yeah uh, my husband is irritated that I never pay attention to him. Right. Like whatever, like what, uh, how, why is that a thing? It's not, yeah, it, it's not a thing. Yeah. And you know, so that kind of, that kind of movie bugs me and stuff, but that aside, uh, um, I still also give this an eight. Yeah. Um, because, uh, it actually worked the story in a way. First of all, this is like, um, if I really like a war movie, Right. That then now all of a sudden you're really good. Right. Right. And right. this is the same thing. I didn't love this movie. Right. Yeah. Um, but this was like, uh, you know, here's like the opposite of damning with faint praise or something. Right. Because <laughs> this is like, uh, this is the least boring version of this <laughs> that you could make. And so that's pretty good. Right. right? Because right. Uh, I should you should really have a hard time making me interested in this. Right. And it, you know, you do. And yet you kind of, you still kind of, you, you kind of managed it. Yeah. Right. At, at certain points in the movie, I was like, well, uh, all right, how did this happen? Fine. I'll let you tell me or whatever. Right. right? But I mean, I'm just not interested in it. Yeah. All the, uh, the closer we get to the end, the less interested in, uh, in it I am, which is the right. opposite of how a story should work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Because once we get close enough to the end, I'm like, 
I mean, I feel like I've seen this already, right? right? This right. is just reruns now right. because now it's just exactly the part that you know. Like it's, now it, it's just right. what everyone knows. It falls so. apart because it's still contemporary. Like it, it right, right. literally, and there is no there is no denouement to it because it's still currently ongoing. Like it, it can walk right. you up and to a certain line. There's, there's no big like thing either because right. there's. Uh, you get to the end of the movie where we're supposed to go, you know, aha, here's the climax or whatever. Yeah. And the climax is just, uh, I mean, we print. Right. And you're, well, I mean, and? Yeah, I right. Mean, and like how, you, right. Like, we didn't get anything out of, I, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird story to have to try and get it to be something yeah. like it's really yeah. the movie is all about like, you know, the middle hour. That's yeah. all we're really making. Right. And the beginning and the end is just things that you have to do because it has to stop. Yes. <laughs> I mean, point. you yeah. nailed it perfectly there. Like in a film like this, sometimes it's it's set up to be so it's an investigative journalistic big pop boiler thing of contemporary, you know, collateral damage. Like there's all kinds of things here that on paper, a studio exec is like green light that right now. Just let me know who you're casting. Right. And in those films, if it's not tense and taut all the way through, you look for the middle hour. Right. And I mean, that's perfect. Like, you know, 30 minutes in, it starts picking up. You see the players, you know, everything going on in the next hour where they're doing all this stuff. You already know how it ends because it probably is popular enough to know how it ends. Right. Um, And that's also part of the difficulty here. I think this would have been an incredible, incredible season one, like Mindhunters. This should have been, this should never have been a film. It should have been a streaming uh, limited series. There's no reason to keep it going again, like our inner Sheeran plot, because right, right. You, you know it's finite. But it its best thing is also its worst thing, and it's almost like in a strange way, while trying to be respectful of how serious the whole thing was for all the women who both came forward and didn't come forward, and the Me Too movement as a whole is. It felt like the filmatic version of finger cuffs. You know, where the Chinese finger cuffs where you just, the harder you struggle, you're not getting anywhere. You got to really let it go in order to get out of it. And by that, I mean, they spend so much time dedicating to sit in to the grief or the emotional impact of the women who did come forward. And those scenes are awesome in the film. They work really well. It's just you you have to sacrifice something because you have a two-hour running time and you realize now you have to make concessions. Right. If you had given this a longer running time, eight one-hour episodes, you could have really done the initial setup, the investigations, the difficulties in meeting those investigations, the hilarious scenes that Andre Bauer's editor has with Harvey Weinstein, who's trying right, to stonewall right. him. And and Brower is just like, I got a paper to run. Like, I'm right. not wowed <laughs> by you in any way, shape, or form, and you have no power over me. You have a statement or not? Right, talk to me when right. you do. Like that stuff is peppered in with enough things to keep the momentum spiking. I don't necessarily, I like you don't need to see the home lives to know that I, you know, I've seen enough films to know that a reporter, especially a high reporter, um, taking a big story like this, their entire life is disrupted. So they're right. at a kid's recital. They get the call. They got to take it. They leave. Their parents are visiting. They're having dinner for an anniversary. Doesn't matter. The phone call is more important. Usually you see that there's a stressor on that relationship. These women have great families that understand this is a big story. Right, and right. anytime you have to stop me from lovemaking or sleeping, like go right ahead. Right. 
I think this is a movie that reporters love to see because it shows their life in the same way that Hollywood loves Oscaring a film about making movies because they're like, you guys don't even know what we have to go through. Right. Yet, watch Carrie Mulligan do anything. She's yeah. so great in this. Zoe's great in this. The whole cast is great in this. I just wish it had more time to breathe and be what it could have been instead of abbreviated in a way that relied on uh, tropes is too condescending a thing, but kind of cliches and tropes. Like the, the trailer would have you believe that all of these movies want to be all the president's men. Right. This would have you believe it's more in line with Spotlight. And you this, know, and the big short. And it isn't. This, it isn't. This movie really should have been more all the president's men yeah. than it was. Yeah. And it would have really been cool. It would have been so, so interesting to watch because in in all honesty, at least through all the accurate reporting and the repetitive reporting. Harvey Weinstein was really putting pressure on a lot of people, and you'd think he's just a film producer. Right. Yeah, yes and no. All the stuff that really happened, I felt like for much of this, Mark, I was doing a lot of the heavy lifting because I knew the story. Right. I, I right. know what Weinstein is accused yeah. of and how many times he did it. There's a, there's, there's a lot of the movie. I think the best stuff in the movie is when they're investigating and, you know, like you were saying about spreading this out over several episodes yeah. of something, right? I thought a lot of what was best about this movie was when they were just going, what? Yeah. Like towards the beginning, when you have these two women yeah, who are finding out about this stuff happening uh, that Harvey Weinstein is allegedly doing and all of the covering up of everything and yeah. stuff. And like, they just can't believe it. Right. And they're women. Right. Right. In, like in, they're not, you know, naive women. No. They're like, you know, they're like basically going, you know, this kind of thing happens every day. Right. But not this kind of thing. Right. This is a different. And yeah. they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. And like, they just can't believe it. And as they just get more and more uh, stuff that they're uncovering, people, you know, connections. One person says, I won't talk to you, but go talk to this person. Yeah. That person's not going to talk to you either, but I said their name. Right. And, now and it's yeah. like all of this stuff, like coming together, all that stuff I think was great. Yeah. All of the, I think, overly emotional stuff was not as fantastic, but it wasn't bad, right? And then you had these things that I think were like actual, like great surprise-ish yeah. things. Yeah. Like when we go find that woman's husband. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, what are you what talking about? Yeah. Right? What are you talking about? I don't know anything. And, yeah. and not only that part, but. Zoe Kazan's ability to be that person in that situation. That was really yeah. good. Yeah. Right. To realize all, I just stepped over something and just, I didn't. Yeah. To I'm just in, be I've like, done oh, oh my God. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, all that stuff was really good, but it had, uh, you know, like you were saying, there's this stuff with Harvey Weinstein and mostly we just say that he's doing stuff. Yeah. We just say that right. he's, he, you know, he he's got people watching us right now. I hope right. you know, or whatever. Right. And he's doing this, and he's doing this pressure and that pressure. But I don't know that any pressure actually happens, right. or that he actually does do anything. Right. Even though 
you know, it's like we cut to a new scene and go, now I'll tell you about how we did something a minute ago. Right. You know, whatever. Like, we don't get any of that part. And I think because we're giving a little too much time to, uh, you know, this is bad and I'll probably get emails or whatever, like that the movie just has to have a certain amount of just women being emotional. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, fine. But if you can get in more stuff that is better, right. That makes the movie better or whatever. Yeah. And like, you know, like I said, all this stuff, I, I don't need, yeah, I I don't need at least half of everything about their families and all this stuff because it's just not really doing anything, especially because it's not really adding anything to what their lives were. Right. Right. Like, I, you know, I don't know. It's it's almost like this is what happened to happen during the time right. that we're talking about. So I have to say it. Right. Well, do you? Because that's not how movies right. work, right? Yeah, right? I don't need to know what you had for lunch that day. And it's even it, it's just odd. Yeah, sorry. Parts of it. Even even another film that I still qualify as investigative journalism. You know, I loved it. it it's only about twenty minutes longer than this, and that's Zodiac. When Fincher had Jake Gyllenhaal doing a bunch of stuff. We got a fair smattering of his home life right. with Chloe Sevigny and 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 you know other other people too, but it was mostly about the investigation. And I think in this, if you're going to make a two hour and ten minute movie, and you really want to show the courage and the character of the two investigators, you know Michelle Tui and Jody Cantor, I think that's admirable. Do that, but you got to understand you have to cut something else right and sitting too long in an emotional scene which sucks because like you i mean obviously we'll you know we'll get emails for it maybe but you, you have to understand that you either have to sit in that scene because they've earned it and you respect the subject matter which isn't fictitious as earning that too okay pay respect to it or you have to understand you're trying to tell a lot of things at once right and the hydra will only be so long in one position move then do you do a disservice to the impact that they're supposed to have? I mean, these aren't these aren't judicial impact statements. This is a film trying to convey it, and I am doing a lot of the heavy lifting. I could do that heavy lifting too to sacrifice a better storytelling clip. Right. But I don't think they knew. I don't. I won't suggest that they wouldn't have the courage to do it. I just don't think that they had the foresight to do it. And knowing that the film, when it was all done and in the can, and now the editor has to make it. Now the editor has got a hard, hard thing. Like, how do I judge this? Right, how much right. do we give each of them? Where do I stop giving it to them? How much is too much? Like, that's not easy. So I appreciate that, even though I didn't find it to be terribly effective. Yet still, I would say you got to watch this film too. Like, yeah, check this yeah. out because the performances alone are great. Right, um, right, and it's it it's got. Um, you know, I don't know if you're going into this movie. I think in the same way you would like spotlight or something yeah. where it's where it's just the investigation and the story right. and stuff like that and not too much because you're just bringing your own right agenda and want to watch it any bias right, or, or whatever right, right who knows anyway but it managed to be really interesting for me who had no interest in it right yeah not that i don't have plenty of interest in Harvey Weinstein going to right. jail forever right. because I do. Yeah, right? I, gotta, I just yeah, I like to see that. I just don't need to watch a show about right. it, right? And right. um and I w- I will say this. So, um 
like I said, it's it's really good, and like you said, it it's so much all of the actors, like all yeah. of the actors so everywhere, great. right, so are great, great in it. Um, this would be, I think, one of those that uh, for like the Critics' Choice have the ensemble. Category, yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's, that's a great just, one. It's so everybody. That's a good is contender, it, right? But I I do have to say this, and we don't really have time to get to uh, our last movie, um, but. I thought watching this movie, uh, I started getting really irritated at this movie because I kept saying Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, look, if saying Gwyneth Paltrow is in your movie only because at other points in the movie, people will also say Gwyneth Paltrow. Right. Then just stop doing that. Right. I mean, right. if that's, you know, there's some, there's some kind of realism because on this audio tape, he actually says Gwyneth Paltrow. Right. And so now it's been said. Right. And so we better reference the fact that it's going to be said and right. talk about it. Like, I don't, for what happens in this movie, I don't care if it's real. Right. Change right. it. If that's what really happens. Because the real story, the real story. It's just goofy yeah. in this movie to have that. And not talk about it's it. It's like at a weird all. MacGuffin that they keep using in a weird but way. But it's like they keep mentioning Gwyneth Paltrow, and obviously Harvey Weinstein is like, is Gwyneth Paltrow in the story or whatever? Right. But then in this movie with these people yeah. and these journalists and all that they're doing, they never really have a conversation about right. Gwyneth Paltrow, right? right. Like, why would Gwyneth Paltrow be in this story? Why is anyone talking about this? Those yeah. two people. And the other people at the paper, yeah, don't ever talk about right Gwyneth Paltrow. And should we try and get her? And what is all of the story and everything? No, all they ever do is just say Gwyneth Paltrow's not in it, <laughs> right? So, like that's all that it comes up. You're like, well, what? Her name is a lot like Beetlejuice or Candyman. It's right. it's thrown I mean, around it's a like, bunch. Just leave yeah. that out altogether. Right. If you're gonna leave it out, leave it out. Right? right? Uh, right. I don't know. So anyway. Uh, well, we only got to three, and uh, bones and all. I think is next time. Uh, we can we can do that add easy. that in next time. Yeah. Uh, at some point, especially as it gets close to Christmas, and uh, nobody wants to listen to our show anyway when it's Aww. Christmas, uh, we will probably yeah. have one where. <laughs> All the movies left only get like 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. And it's, right like, and it's just like, We boom. do that before, yeah. Um, but we will get <laughs> to Bones to All, but, you know, uh, this is the one that's, that's the one to miss if we yes. have to miss one of those. Yeah, this so. week, that's the one to miss. Uh, next week, we'll be back with God knows what kind of madness and other movies well, and uh, possibly Avatar by the time. That's right. Uh, that's Man, like that seems so. Weekend. But yeah, we're who moving knows along how quick. things will go. Yeah. Uh, but we'll have tons of that's other right. uh, movies, in, including um, Glass Houses, maybe? Yeah. Uh, or gla the, glass, the Glass Onion. Glass Onion. Yeah. And uh, I'm mixing that together with white noise, and somehow it came out. <laughs> You've seen a like, lot of films. This is the now you're breaking it, down. It, Look, it you is. made it to I the am. end of the show. Now you're showing the seams. You're fraying because uh, you've seen 50 things. I, I am because I've because I've watched in like the last three days. I've watched like 10, 12 movies. Yeah, like or next week is know, but. she said Fablemans. Right. Exactly. You know, so uh, anyway. Yeah, we'll, we'll have stuff next week we'll have other things we'll have thanks for things. tuning in and uh, we'll see you next week <laughs> bye bye 
Hey listeners, on behalf of myself and Shane Leonard, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. The Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by areyouscreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to areyouscreening.podbean.com or areyouscreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night.